raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello. Uh, my name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. The biggest story in America for 2023, I believe, is the porous open southern border. The crisis at the border. Record numbers of illegal immigrants flowing through the border. Um, hundreds of thousands going unchecked. Tons of gotaways. Don't even know that number. Um, and really, nobody knows better what I'm talking about than Breitbart border reporter Randy Clark, who lives in Eagle Pass, Texas, which is sort of ground zero for a lot of the illegal border crossers. Randy is on the hotline now. Randy, simple question. Uh, is this the worst you've ever seen it in all your years of covering the border down in Texas? Yes, it is. And, you know, I spent 32 and a half years in the Border Patrol uh, from California all the way to Texas. We've never had anything like this, even remotely close to this. Uh, I I visit with Border Patrol agents. I spent the last few months along the border from Alamo, Texas, all the way to Lukeville, Arizona. I have no advice for these young men and women that are out there today because I can't offer any. I've never seen this. They're just toughing out some of the harshest conditions on the border right now with a nonstop flow of people that uh, they have to provide humanitarian care for. And in most cases, 50 percent of the time, they're releasing these folks into our airports. And we hear what's happening in New York and in Chicago and in Colorado. Uh, This is beginning to, I, I think, grow legs and people are starting to realize what a problem this is finally after three years of this unmitigated disaster hey randy this is jerry just quick question what uh, one of the things that i've always thought about is when you know when, when we did the defund the police movement there was a lot of police officers that retired early they saw a, a drop in numbers of people sign up to be police officers what's the morale like right now around the the border with border patrol and and do you see the attrition rate you know starting to fall with people just being worn out Absolutely. You know, uh, there there are very few Border Patrol agents right now that are willing to work 32 and a half years like I did. Uh, most, if you ask them, when are you eligible to retire, they, they're counting days. Uh, and then some of the younger agents are deciding that they're so new to the outfit, they're just going to go back to their old jobs. They're, they're, and this even affects the families and the spouses. Uh, you know, it's just a miserable situation for everybody. So, yes, that attrition rate is hitting, and there isn't a whole lot of hiring going on. We've seen record numbers even over the past couple of months of people coming in right around your area in Eagle Pass. What is that big field that that sits sort of adjacent to what I'm assuming is a processing center? Are illegal, illegal immigrants just or, or asylum seekers or whatever you want to call them, are they just staying out there in that field? waiting to get processed under underneath the, the elements out in the open? They are because, you know, even though there's a significant soft-sided processing facility there that can hold a 1,000, there are 5,000 people normally in there already. And then what you're looking at in that field, that's just a drainage field for, for uh, flooding purposes near the port of entry. So there is no room at the end. All of this border patrol stations in the surrounding areas, which I used to command when I retired, they're full. They have people outdoors at those facilities. 
So this is just a race against time trying to move those people uh, to the Rio Grande Valley, to Laredo, to El Paso, just to find a place to put them. Those people are not in the system yet. So when you hear numbers like the Border Patrol is detaining 20,000 people, that does not count what you're seeing in that field, which could be another three to 5,000 there in Eagle Pass. And you could be looking at another 1,000 in Arizona, in Lukeville, near their shutdown port of entry. So this is really, it has broken the system. So, Randy, my parents are from Cuba, so I understand people wanting to come to America to make a better life and for opportunities and things like that. But when you look at the people that are coming to our border, what percentage of those people do you think are, are military-aged males traveling by themselves versus families or the demographic of Latino? We're seeing now we have chi- uh, people from China, people from the Middle East, people from all over, where for the most part we thought it was mostly Hispanics. That That's correct, and that dynamic is no greater – seen than in Lukeville, Arizona. Uh, I've been there on the border at the border fence when hundreds come through, and I'm a native Spanish speaker. Uh, I can't communicate with any of them, and neither can the Border Patrol. Most of them are West Africans. Uh, There's a a small percentage that are from Ecuador and Peru that can speak Spanish, but everybody else is going to speak either Mandarin or some version of French if they're from Senegal or or African, or they're going to speak a Middle Eastern language, the Arabic. It could be just about anything there, and that really slows the process, and it hampers any kind of interview as to why somebody's coming to the United States. So, so my, it's very hard to do that screening. I guess my question is, for, for somebody coming from Ghana or somebody coming from China, what is a typical route that they would take to end up in Mexico and then come up to our border? Well, so they're going to obviously, you know, run through Hong Kong straight to Turkey, and then they're going to go into South America. So they're going to pick countries that have very lax visa requirements, you know, and and, uh, that route is pre-planned from when they leave. They're smuggling organizations that will send them into Turkey. Somebody will be waiting for them, put them on the next leg of the journey into South America. They'll come through the Darien Gap, and by then it's by foot and by train and whatever mode they can find to get to where they're at. But the smugglers assist them. The human smuggling networks, once you get to one transit node, you're going to move to another and to another, and someone's going to be waiting for you. And they have all been paid by this point. Now, that that is typical of those you're speaking of from mainland China, from Ghana, uh, from the Middle Eastern countries, they are very high dollar smuggling assets to the cartels because they pay tens of thousands to get to our southern border. The others, you know, they are the poorest of the poor, the Venezuelans, the Colombians. Uh, Venezuelans are coming from a socialist country where they have just been devastated, but they've relocated years ago. So the region there has already settled their refugee crisis on their own. Our administration invited invited them basically before Joe Biden got into office saying, you know, you need to come to the border and you need to make your asylum claim. You need to be heard. Well, they heard. They heard all right. And now they can't stop this wave. So we've really not done a service to these migrants. We've we've caused them to uproot themselves from what little they had started to regain, only to come and find out that it's not what people had offered or planned or what you thought you were going to find in Chicago and New York, because those cities are tapping out. Those sanctuary cities regret the day they called themselves that and randy the 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 car you mentioned the cartels i mean that's another aspect of this i mean nobody's benefiting from this except 
the cartels. I mean, these people have been duped that are lured here across the border, and then they're indebted to the cartels, and it puts them in danger because they can't go and call the police if they're here illegally because the police will have, you know, at least in some states, in some areas, they will have a chance of deportation. So they could get in trouble, taken advantage of by these cartels, and nothing can be done about it, and it's a danger to them. Absolutely. The, car- the cartel knows where to get their money. And so the cartel is even overwhelmed by the numbers that are hitting the border. They wow. don't have the capacity because the federal government can't even handle the capacity in the United States to handle all of the people that are coming. So the cartels look for the most high-value targets, and they extract from them. They're smuggling mostly those that have money and relatives in the United States, those Folks from the Middle East that are going to pay fifteen, twenty thousand to get here from mainland China. I've I've seen cases up to fifty thousand dollars to get here. Wow. We have no explanation of why they are coming. But in addition to that, the cartels in the business of getting this fentanyl over. And when this yeah. administration is shutting down those ports of entry and they're shutting down those border patrol highway checkpoints, they are just having a field day. Because now they know that's one last hurdle that they don't have to worry about. If they can just get it in the United States through these areas that are not being patrolled or through these ports of entry where these inspector numbers have been reduced to help the border patrol process migrants, they just have an open run on the country. We talk about the people that are being caught and possibly the getaways, but there's a lot of people that just aren't accounted for. Right. So the, the tunnels that the cartels used to use to smuggle drugs, do they use those to smuggle people now? Well, I, I haven't heard those cases because that would re- attract a lot of attention. Uh, w- being that we don't have any firm policy against economic migrants who claim asylum and many who aren't even asked if they'd like to claim asylum. They're just let go because of the overwhelming numbers. Uh, they're coming out in the opening and, and surrendering. Uh, it's those people that face removal, which is mostly Mexican nationals and some from Central America that run the risk of getting removed if they're a single adult male. Those are the ones that are the gotaways, and those are the ones that are getting smuggled in vehicles on the highway that the cartels are making money from them. They're, at, they're extracting that fee to get over the river into a vehicle and off to San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, Tucson, Phoenix. That's what we see our sheriff's departments dealing with every day because there's very few border patrol agents out there patrolling to secure this border. Why did Joe Biden do this? I mean, it seems like he rolled out the red carpet from day one in 2020, uh, getting rid of the Remain in Mexico policy, ending Title 42. Is it as simple as these people are going to wind up being a permanent part of our society, therefore more Democrat voters, and that's why... He, he did this because immigration, illegal immigration, was low during the Donald Trump era, and now it has exploded. Is that a, a simple enough reason as to why Joe Biden decided to go with these policies? I think you can say that that's one, because you see some pushes to allow uh, illegal immigrants to vote yep. in some municipal election. That's the first start. Uh, I've, I've heard a crazy thought that maybe we'll get them into our military Uh, which is even scarier because we're not teaching civics and our constitution to our own children nowadays in schools. These are folks that are coming that don't know what the bill of rights is. And so to swear that you're going to uphold the constitution and assume a law enforcement role or a military role is even a a worse idea than, than anything they could come up with, but it's definitely deliberate. You know, I think you could argue some causes, but from this administration and the, and the progressive left, this is obviously 
something that they're that they are keen to doing. Because remember, in addition to all the numbers that you see out in the open, there's a thousand four hundred a day with no greater claim to asylum or no more valid claim to asylum than those coming between ports, and they're allowed to walk over. They just don't have the capacity to let more than fourteen hundred a day do it at those ports of entry. And so finally, when they get their court date five to seven years from now, whoever's in charge in office, they're going to be covered by CNN and MSNBC. And when they get deported, look at these people. They are being ripped from their homes. They've been here for seven years. I feel like that's another part of the plan long term for the Democrats. Well, I think you're going to hear more cries for amnesty. Yes. Uh, I don't think you're going to see any, you know, any real push to do large-scale removals, because remember, once they are given that paperwork that says your hearing is in 2031, they are legal to travel anywhere they want to. They are legal, you know, legally present in the United States. Are, are they legal to work? Because I've heard that if you're here on asylum status, you're not allowed to work. After a six-month period, and they reduced that for some of the Venezuelans uh, because of the cries of New York City, but many of them are working. They're working in underground jobs. I, gotcha. I keep in contact with some that I meet uh, when I'm at the border that get released. I call them later on, find out what they're doing. There's, there's several that they're working in landscaping. They're even working in some nationally known companies, in cleaning companies, uh, and they're getting paid cash. They're not paying taxes because they don't have that work authorization. And the government doesn't make anything easy. So applying for work authorization when you're eligible, guess what? You're in a line with three and a half million people that have already been released. So there's nobody to process these applications. So it's taking forever. With with next year being an election year, do you think there's going to end, and Trump leading massively in all the polls, do you think there's going to be a even bigger push to try to get people over here before, let's say he does win, to try to get that in under this administration? Well, we saw a surge begin uh, after the uh, in the lead up to the November election and afterwards, just knowing that Joe Biden was going to get in office. Yep. So you so you can just figure that the opposite will 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 happen, uh, knowing that there may be some uh, attempt at mass deportations or closing the border later on. Yes, you're going to see a you're going to see a definite surge in the run up to the election. Breitbart News border reporter Randy Clark, great work covering the crisis at the southern border. Uh, Have a great new year, Randy, and we'll talk to you next year. You all as well. Thank you for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.